0: You're listening to the teaching ministry of Discovery Church in Bristol, Tennessee. For more information about Discovery or for more free audio content, please visit discoverybristol.com. If you were with us on Christmas Eve, we talked about darkness. We talked about the problem of darkness. The problem with darkness is that you can't see right and we talked about how Jesus came in to give us light to that darkness but without Jesus it is as if we are people who are weathering through life weathering through a minefield with a blindfold on but thankfully we have god who gave us the gift of Jesus at christmas to weather through that darkness so we can have a guide we can have a light in our darkness But we know that many people still walk in that darkness, right? Even though Jesus has come to join us, even though we have God's gift of light in our life, there are many still in our world that are walking in spiritual darkness. And so that's where our story of Christmas began, was in darkness. We talked about that on Christmas Eve. I want to continue that Christmas story, even though it's the day after Christmas, even though like, I don't know about you, but like, I'm still Christmas, like I just ate for 24 hours straight. Like that's still sitting heavy. I'm not ready just to let go of Christmas. I'm still in like a little bit of the Christmas glow. So we're going to finish out our Christmas story this year. So we've been walking through the videos. We've looked at the Christmas story through the perspective of many different people. And this morning, if you're here at the beginning of the service, we looked at it through the perspective of one of the shepherds' wives, which we haven't talked about the story of the shepherds specifically yet. So I want to read that for you this morning. So as Mary and Joseph had made their way to Bethlehem, they they were told there's no room in the inn. They spent the night in a stable, and there they had a baby. Meanwhile, Luke 2, 8 tells us, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear." Because you would be, right? I mean, we're talking dark, quiet night, like sheep, like in the distance, like just having a nice time. And then out of nowhere, angels. And it says, the angels said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. For unto you, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you you'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. Now there's just a few things I wanna point out about the shepherds. shepherds in this time, like in the Bible, like we're probably not what we often think of around Christmas time. You know the little like precious, precious moments, shepherds? Like that's what we tend to think of of shepherds, like wearing bathrobes and a kid's play. That's probably a far cry from what shepherds actually were. These would have been guys who have spent their life living outside, being very transient, blue-collar kind of guys, living with sheep. So they would go from place to place, town to town, with their sheep. And so these are not your fancy people. I don't know if there'd be like a great, um, a great kind of comparison job-wise for shepherds today. Maybe like a truck driver. Like somebody who is going from town to town, who is very transient and considered like blue collar. These, these guys were the outskirts of the town. They weren't trusted. When shepherds came around town, like sometimes things were known to go missing. And so a shepherd's word was not good in a court of law in this time. And so we see right here that there's nothing fancy about these guys, and yet God chose them, these shepherds, to give the birth announcement of his son. These are the first people that the birth of Jesus is announced to is just a bunch of regular old shepherds out in a field. Not rich people, not fancy people, not important people, just shepherds. And so we are faced asking this question, well, why did God choose them to send his birth announcement to? And I want to literally ask you that question. Here's what we're going to do this morning. Try and keep it, like, just, you know, interactive so that at no moment anybody has to shush anybody. I want you guys to talk about this with the people you're at this morning. So if you're sitting by yourself, find a couple other people. If you're with your family, we've got some questions on the screen. I'm going to give you five minutes just to kind of talk this stuff over in your seat because I'll be honest. I mentioned I'm still working off all the Christmas food. But I've heard enough of myself talking over Christmas, and so have you. So now I want to get to hear you guys talk to one another about these things. So there's some questions we're going to put on the triple-wide screen back here. We're going to bring the lights up, and I'm going to invite you guys to discuss these questions at your seats. If you're watching at home, you can do the same thing. But the first question is this. Of all the people God could send a birth announcement to, why shepherds? Talk about that, and then answer, if you were a shepherd watching sheep, how would you react to the bunch of angels appearing in the field? And then the angels tell them to go find the baby. Would you go, or would you hesitate? So, take five minutes, talk about that with the people around you on your market set. No. All right. So, we don't get answers to these questions in the Bible. So, we're just kind of left ourselves asking these questions. Oh, I man, why would God pick shepherds? But I think if we look at it, and maybe you got to this with some of your answers, this is kind of a continuation of God's style, isn't it? Because remember, with the choosing of Mary and Joseph, these were also blue-collar, poorer kind of people. He didn't send his son to be the the son of a priest or or a a prince or some kind of politician. It wasn't that kind of people. And then when it comes to the birth announcement of his son, again, God doesn't go to what—who the world might have said were important, who the world might have said were more in—more significant than others. And I think part of that is because, again, there's this continued idea that this gift that God is giving of his son is for everyone— It's not just for the most important people or the the richest people. It is for everybody, which is God's style all throughout Scripture, not just at the Christmas story. I mean, you might remember all the way back to the story of David when he's brought before with all of his brothers, and they're looking for the next king, and Samuel is going to anoint this king. He's like, let me see all your sons. They bring out, like, the kingliest, tallest, strongest son. And Samuel's like, well, this guy looks like a king. And God is like, I don't look at people the way people look at people. I look at the heart. People judge outward appearance I judge the heart. God doesn't look at people the way we often do. He doesn't look at people as one being more significant or less significant, more important or less important. He just sees his children. And so with the shepherds, once again, it's communicated to us that God loves everybody. And this gift he has given is for everybody. And so the shepherds, they have this crazy supernatural announcement, comes to them. They're probably, like, I, they're, one dude's probably passed out, I like to think. Another, like, maybe ran off and then came back. And then they're left with this decision, do we go? Which I would have loved to have heard your answers of that idea. Like, if you're one of these shepherds, do you go? And I think at first we're like, well, of course I'd go. Like, it'd be awesome. It sounds crazy. Like, angels telling me to go? But then when you think about it more, there's some things kind of at risk, right? Like, if you go, that means you have to leave your sheep. You have to leave, which is their job, right? Your, your livelihood. You have to leave what you're comfortable with, what you know, and you have to leave that open to risk. Like who knows if the sheep will run off, if we'll get fired from our jobs if we do this. But we read that the shepherds go. And so then it says in verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. It says, all who heard it. That means that they went and they told people. They didn't just go to the manger, but after they left the manger, they went and told people. And so I love this idea that we watch again from that video early on of who might have been the first person the shepherds told. You know, we hear of this this wife who's waiting at home, her husband's going to return from work, but he comes, and this day it's different, because he's seen something crazy. Who would be the first person you told? Like, if you were one of these shepherds, and you've gone and you've seen a baby lying in a stable, angels have appeared to you and said that this is the Son of God, that peace on earth has come, goodwill to men. Who's the first person you tell? What are your thoughts there at the manger? And so these are the questions we're going to talk about at our seats now. I'm going to give you a few more minutes to talk again. What, if you'd been at the manger, who would you have told first? Do you think the people believed the shepherd's story? When some, like, shepherd comes up to you and they're like, I saw this baby born in a manger and think he's the son of God. Are people going to believe them? And then the last one is this. Do you think they were hesitant to tell others about what they saw? And what might have caused them to think twice about sharing this story? So take a few minutes, talk about that with the crowd around you. All right. I think our answer to that last question of what might cause the shepherds to hesitate to share their story, our answer to that might be a little bit telling about us, right? Because really, we're putting ourselves in their shoes or sandals, whatever footwear shepherds wore, and we're trying to say, like, well, what would make me hesitate, right? And so that, that answer might be telling of what are the things that might keep us from sharing the story, because we have that connection with the shepherds, don't we? We weren't at the manger. We didn't get to hear a a declaration from angels. We weren't in person with Mary and Joseph and the, the baby Jesus there, but we share a connection in that we have received this gift. We have been told of it. We have experienced the presence of Jesus in our lives, maybe not physically, but spiritually so. And then beyond that, we also have a mandate from God that we would go and share our story in the same way that the shepherds shared their story. So now we find ourselves in that same sort of position as the shepherds did, knowing that we've been given the light of God. We've been given the gift of forgiveness of our sins, of eternal life, God not only with us, but God within us. We have that gift. So our question is, do we share that story? Do we share with others what we have experienced, not just at Christmas this year, but with Jesus coming into our lives? And so we are told by Jesus, Jesus, before he leaves his disciples, he says, share this story. He says, be just like those shepherds. Go and tell people what you have seen about me. Tell them that I lived, I died, I rose again, and that they too can rise again. He says this in what we know as the Great Commission. At the end of the book of Matthew, so Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen, Jesus, right before he zaps into heaven, he's with his disciples and he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I think sometimes we read that and we say, that's great for some people, but not for me. Like Jesus talking to his disciples, right? He's not talking to me. I'm no missionary. But if you really think about it, the first missionaries were not missionaries. The first missionaries were shepherds. The first missionaries were not trained to be public speakers. They weren't trained to go and tell people their story. They just saw something incredible, and then they went and told people about it which is exactly what Jesus puts in our laps. He says, you have seen something incredible. We have read about a baby who was the son of God, born in a manger, a man who lived a life free of sin and then faced death on the cross, but defeated the grave. We have seen something incredible. Maybe we didn't witness it in person, but through God's word, we get to witness it. We have experienced, if you consider yourself a follower of Christ, we've experienced his presence, his forgiveness, we've seen something no less incredible than shepherds who were visited by angels and went to see a baby in a manger. And then we're told to go tell it, just like the shepherds did. Because our blindfolds are off, right? And yet there's people in our worlds, in our offices, in our families, in our towns, our neighborhoods, that still have on a blindfold to the hope that we have from Christmas that are still walking in the midst of a dark world because they don't know the gift they can have, the life that they can have through Jesus. And so our job is to be the people that guide them through that minefield of life by offering to them the story of what God has done for us. So I want to talk about this at your seats. These are our last three questions we'll go through, and it's this. How is sharing the story of Jesus like helping a person remove that blindfold? And then what might cause you, like the shepherds, to hesitate in sharing your story, and how can we overcome that? And then last of all, get practical with it. In the coming year, how can you as a family, how can we as a church, how can we be more intentional about telling people our faith story? Take a few minutes and discuss that at your seats. So the hope today would be as we close out the Christmas season that uh, we are not just letting this story sit with us. That even though like we're going to go, we're going to pack up all the Christmas decorations, you're going to put away that nativity scene in in a box, in the attic, wherever it goes. But the hope is that it, it isn't packed away in our lives. That what we have seen this Christmas, what we have shared together is we've witnessed His majesty, the majesty of a God who is not okay with leaving us in darkness. And so he himself came down in the form of a baby so that we could have his light. The hope is that we wouldn't just pack that away now and say, okay, Merry Christmas, see you again next year, but that all year long we continue to live in the light of this story. And we don't live in it isolated, but we help other people see it because there are those around us who are desperate for Jesus's light in their life. So I wanna pray for us, and then we're gonna sing about sharing this story together. So let me pray. God, once again, we thank you for the majesty of Christmas and what we've been able to witness this year in the story of your son coming to our earth so that we could be with you. And God, I pray that you would just flood our darkness with your light and flood our lives with the confidence we can have of eternity, the confidence we can have of the forgiveness of our sins and our eternal life in you because of what your son Jesus did for us on this earth. And with that, God, I pray that we could go and the confidence of that story to others, to let them know that they don't have to walk in darkness, but that there is hope here and now for us. That in the midst of our dark world, there is light. And in the midst of death, there can be life. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.